last week we brought out how he'll supply your need for a friend. I'm telling you, there ain't no friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. He is my friend. You know, there's there's people that make professions of faith you never see Christ become a friend. Uh, and a lot of preachers will think, well, they got saved. Well, just because they prayed a prayer while you were in their presence doesn't mean they got saved. Uh, but I'm telling you, you know, we sung that song, Amen, since Jesus came into my heart. <laughs> when Jesus comes into somebody's heart to praise a prayer, uh, they're, they're going to know since Jesus came into my heart, they're, they're going to know somebody moved in. Something's happened. Uh, they're a different individual. And they'll, they'll wind up hopefully having a friend. If they don't rely on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's their loss. Amen. I just don't believe everybody prays prayer. I got a letter from a guy today that, you know, he's, he's showing that he went and preached 500 police officers and 175 of them got saved. I hope they did. He's one that gets people to repeat a prayer. I, I hope they got saved. I mean, he's down in Guatemala and he's preaching in schools. I mean, he's preaching to crowds of people. He gets in and preaches to crowds of people and he offers them an invitation to get saved. I hope they mean it. Amen. I hope they get saved. I really do. I'm, I just, uh, I look and see the fruit of a lot of those people and I've dealt with tons of people that's all prayed prayers. You go to the jail and you deal with guys, their lives are wrecked, their lives are mess. And they all pray a prayer. They all ask Jesus to forgive them, but there ain't nothing changed in their life. Mm -hmm. That's why I call it jailhouse religion. And I call it, I used to preach on jailhouse religion versus church house profession. Uh, there's a lot of people that make a profession in church, but I ain't ever seen it activated in their life. What activates the Holy Ghost working in a man's life? I don't see the activation. There's a bunch of preacher's kids and people that prayed prayers growing up. You ever ask Jesus, oh yeah, thousands of times. How come it ain't activated? Mm -hmm. Where's it at? Where, where's the Holy Ghost? How come, how come they want to run from preaching? Used to be a girl sitting right over there. Her life is a vile wreck. She's a bitter lost girl and thinks she's saved. Her mama thinks she's saved because she supposedly prayed a prayer. Well, fooly on the prayer, it ain't changed her life. It ain't changed who she is. Hasn't put a smile on her face. What puts a smile on her face is sin. I really doubt she said, amen, but she, she asked Jesus to forgive her of her sin. When? What sin? Lately? When did she practice 1 John 1, 9? Go out and live like the devil, and then does she kneel beside her bed when she goes to bed at night? Said, Lord, now you know I was living filthy, vile, wretched, dirty, rotten. I'm running around with people that are your enemies and hate you and despise you. Would you please uh, cleanse me of all my wrongdoings? She ain't doing that. <laughs> and then they want to convince me they're saved. Listen, uh, that, uh, one preacher made a comment, and he said, uh, everybody below the Mason-Dixon line has been saved. <laughs> he, he just said that. What he's saying is everybody down south, they've done been witness to so much, they all made professions of faith, but the south ain't converted. No. They're living like the devil. They're living in sin. And uh, listen, I think that profession of faith's moved up. It's probably the Canadian line now, Ohio U.S. line. I mean, everybody, you deal with everybody. Oh yeah, I asked Jesus to forgive me. Oh yeah, okay, you pray to pray, right? Yeah, okay. What's how's it how's it how's it dealing with? You? Mm -hmm. Amen. I thought Jesus was a deliverer. I thought he could deliver me of my 
drinking, my doping, my smoking, my filthy living. How come, how come these people don't have no conscience about their sin? Holy Ghost moved in and you got no conscience about sin? You know what? Men got more conscience about their mother-in-law moving in than they do the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 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 they know she moved in and they don't know the Holy Ghost moved in uh -oh. <laughs> amen. amen right hey there's, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of women that don't like their mother-in-law amen I mean men make mother-in-law jokes but you know what there's a lot of women that got some rough mother-in-laws because nobody's good enough for her little boy right and so the girl that just moved in now doesn't fold the clothes right, doesn't do this right, doesn't cook right, doesn't do all this right, can never do nothing to please mom. So there's some daughter-in-laws that ought to be cracking good mother-in-law jokes too. Amen. <laughs> there's some good mother-in-laws. If they're saved, born again, washed in blood, love Jesus. Amen. Amen. Like I told my wife, this ought to be a good message for you Sunday or Saturday on Mother's. Amen? Don't mother your man. I got one mama and she ain't it. Amen? <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You know, some of the biggest problems in a man's home and a man, and is, is he's got two moms. He's got mom and then he's got mom junior. Amen? And she wants to mother him. Right? Worst thing a woman could ever do is mother her husband. Amen? I'm not her, I'm not her son. Well, quit acting like a little boy then. All right, all right. I'll quit acting like a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Proverbs chapter 1. I'm sorry. Philippians 1. Philippians 1. Proverbs. I'm looking at Colossians 1 and I said Proverbs. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. My God, but my God shall supply all your needs. Listen, he, he will meet our need. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He'll supply your need. This, this is a need that I'm going to preach on today that everybody needs. And everybody needs for me and you. But there's a bunch of people that ain't worthy of it. And I'm definitely not worthy of it. Amen? Let's go to uh, Exodus. Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter number 34. You say, why are you going to the Old Testament? You'll understand. Amen. Exodus chapter number 34. This is something that every one of us need. And I, I'm in need of it 24-7, 365. Amen. I need it all the time, every moment. I need this. And if I didn't get an ounce of this, I'd be in trouble. Amen. Verse 4, and talking about Moses. Well, let's go to verse 1. The Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first. And I shall write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou what? Breakest. Break you know what Moses did? He broke all Ten Commandments once. One time, he took them tables, the things that God wrote upon them stones, and threw them down and broke them. He broke all Ten Commandments in one shot. God's given him a second chance to do it. You know what that's called? mercy. Amen. Now look at this. Be ready in the morning. Are you ready in the morning? Amen. Come up in the morning on the Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mountain. 
And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor the herds before the uh, feed before the mount. Amen. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up in the Mount Sinai and the Lord as, as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand two tables of stone. Amen. He had to get up and cut some more rock. Amen. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands. Isn't that good? You notice he didn't say millions. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say billions. He said thousands. Amen. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Notice the trio there. Iniquity, transgression, sin. There's a trinity of sin and iniquities and transgressions that will by no means clear who? The guilty. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, that's what happened in the Old Testament. They were never cleared of their sin. When I got saved and I got born again, you know what he did? He cleared me. My sins, my transgressions, my iniquities have been purged. They're gone. Man, we ought to run an eye on that. We ought to run around the building. We ought to be on our face shouting and praising God. Hallelujah! Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. Oh, no. And upon the children's children in the third and fourth generation. You know what? You know, you know how that comes in, don't you? You know how the iniquity of the fathers comes in onto the children? Take a good guess on how the iniquity comes in on the third and fourth generation. It, it just don't sprout in me. I just don't get a whip for something my granddaddy did. But there's a way that iniquity and transgression comes into my life. How's that happen? To where God must chasten that. Train up a child the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart. You know what happens? It's through character building. When I see the sins of my grandfathers and my sins of my fathers and the sins of my grandmothers and the sins of my mother and I see their character and the things that they teach me and show me a lot of times through hypocrisy don't do as I do just do as I say and then you watch what they do wrong then that iniquity comes up into your life because you've been trained to sin and do wrong these little kids have been trained to cuss and say vile things and throw tantrums and, and do a bunch of stuff and show them this way to solve all your problems drinking and smoking and carrying on and then it breaks out all over our kids and our grandkids and everything else. And we go, how'd that happen? And God said, yeah, I got to judge that now. You know why? Because people ain't keeping God's commandments and keeping God's laws and living righteous. And the sin nature breaks out. And we've taught them how to sin and do wrong. Amen. You know what we place importance on, our children, hopefully we'll place importance on. And where we emphasize, they overemphasize. Where we indulge, they overindulge. Mm -hmm. Amen. What we do, they do in excess. That's what's wrong with the world. They've seen their parents sin and they take it to the next step. They create new levels. And oh, you thought you had fun? Wait, you see me, Dad. Right? I just seen a guy do three flips on a motorcycle. 
Yeah, he flipped that thing up. And, every, and he hit, he landed it. And everybody's cheering. So some nuts going to try four. Probably break his neck. And that guy went like 60, 80 feet up in the air to do it. But people are getting hurt left and right. People watching his YouTube videos. You want to get on there and watch all these fools break their necks, break their arms, break their legs, jumping off of buildings? I mean, what an idiot. People jumping out of a perfectly good car. Amen. Amen. They're in the back of a truck. And here comes a roadside. Jump out. Ooh, Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, you ever see a bug splat on the windshield? Hey, Amen. that's what we need. Full splat. Right? It'd be great to see his head stuck through the billboard. And then put up there, here hangs a fool. Hey, Amen. But you know what they do? They get out there and they follow all that stupidity. And they sin and they sin and they sin and they sin. Hey, Amen. Well, i got to get off that. But you know what God's going to do? He's going to visit that iniquity. One day he's going to show up and he's going to deal with it. He comes up to these people and says, oh, I see you got a whole lot of sin in your life. Guess what? I'm visiting it today. <laughs> you don't want God to pay a visit to you about your iniquity and your sin. I, got, I know a man that used to sit here in church, got a problem drinking. One day God's going to visit him. Yeah. When he visits, I mean, he's the, I think he's visited a few times. But he ain't got the message yet because he won't leave his hand off it. So he, may, he might wind up getting it solved. Because he's going to take a risk one day he shouldn't be taking. He's going to wind up behind bars. He's going to end up in a casket. <laughs> you know what God's going to do? He's going to visit that day. But notice what it says before that. Verse 7. Keeping what? Mercy. Mercy for thousands. You know what I need? I need mercy. Amen. You know what he says up in the next verse? He said, he's merciful. You know what people need today? They need mercy. You ever played the game? Mercy. Where you grab a guy's hands like this and he grabs them and then he takes them and then he tries to bend your hands under or you try to bend his hands under, mm -hmm. right? And then you get him and then he gets on his knee and you say, say mercy, say mercy. And you put him in pain until he buckles. Yeah, well, you know what? That's what we want. We, we love it to have people cry out mercy. We want people to beg for mercy. I think it's funny, a bunch of these men will go out and they'll choke and strangle women and rape them and everything else. And they're real tough and they want them women to beg for mercy. And they put them through all kinds of pain and then they kill them. And then when they get caught, the cops are all gathered around them. Oh, mercy, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Oh, you thugs, amen. I just want to nail them, amen. You've been tormenting women and hurting women and hurting people. How dare you ask me to withhold my hand and not punish you like you've punished. You didn't give them any mercy. So why should you die with mercy? Amen. So preacher, you're mean. James chapter number two. James chapter number two. I love mercy. I thank God for mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Amen. I deserve to be in hell. My back broke. I deserve to be in prison. You said you deserve to be in prison. Yeah. There's men that got caught doing things that I got away with. I said, why, why did you go turn yourself in? God gave me mercy. Apostle Paul murdered Christians. Guess what? He got put into the ministry. God forgave Paul, called him to preach, and God didn't put him in jail for capital punishment. But Paul died in jail, and he lost his head, and he lost his life, and eventually caught up with him. You understand? But Paul wound up showing mercy. Paul said, because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And God, he obtained mercy of God. But I'm just telling you, well, there's things that we've done in our past life we deserve. Judgment. But I found mercy through the blood of the cross. And God forgave me. James chapter number 2 verse 13. 
For he shall have judgment without mercy that showed what? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I want God to have mercy on me. And you so say, you know what I do? I show mercy. And I show mercy probably a little bit more than I probably should. Sometimes I don't, but sometimes I do. Like I see a little bug crawling on the floor or a spider, and I won't kill him. I just let him go. They say, why didn't he kill him? He deserves to live. Why should I kill him? Right? I don't have to step on every bug in the world. Right? I don't have mercy on flies. I mean, that's, that's one of Beelzebub's children. Amen? He's the lord of the flies, so I kill his little bugs. Right? I don't have mercy on one with a stinger in it, like a wasp. You got no mercy on a wasp or a hornet. I have mercy on honeybee because he's productive. He's producing something really good. Right? The yellow jacket and the bumblebee and all that, I ain't got no use for. But you have mercy. You show mercy. Amen? You want mercy? Show mercy. You don't want mercy? Then don't, don't show any mercy. Amen. Amen? You reap what you sow. But look at what it says. And mercy rejoices against judgment. One thing Brother Astep emphasized over and over and over again is he said, show mercy. Show mercy. Mercy rejoices against judgment. You might have the ability to sock it to them. You might have the ability to nail them, and they deserve it. You sit back and say, I'll forgive your debt. I'll forgive the wrong. I'll have mercy on you today. Boy, I tell you what. Amen. Doesn't, doesn't mercy feel good, Gabriel? He had mercy a couple weeks ago. Amen. Pardon. Let him let him go off the hook. Why? I let him have mercy. I showed mercy. You know why? Because I need mercy. You say the only reason you're going to show mercy is because you want to do wrong. I don't want to do wrong. I want to do right. Mm -hmm. But there may come a time I mess up real bad. And I, I need mercy. I need all mercy I can get. Mm -hmm. Amen. I am capable of doing anything at any time. Outside the grace of God. Amen. I mean, the other day I, ju I, I jumped. I mean, I was, I was ready to, to have a man taste my elbow. I mean, it was that fast. Amen. I, I was just, I was ready. I mean, I mounted that horse and I was charged. Hey, you said you'd do that. I'm telling you, this flesh can change that quick. Amen. You know what I need? I need mercy. The mercy is usually sitting in the front seat beside me in the car. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I didn't know it was a girl the other day that flipped me off. And uh, that girl flipped me off and I wanted her, I wanted to take my Suburban and just shove her car into the wall. Amen. And uh, I didn't know that. That's what I wanted to do. You know, I want to teach. And then I want to step out there and say, let me see that finger again. Give, tell me, send me that California howdy one more time. Amen. And then turn around and I want to break it. That's what I want to do. In my flesh, I want to break it. Amen. And then I want it in a split for about two years because it broke so bad. To where that thing's permanently stuck in that position. Amen. And just why? And they said, you wanted to send me a message, I want to send you one back. Mm -hmm. But that's my flesh talking. Yeah. That's yeah. not spirit talking. And when they get to drive away and everything, now that's mercy. Amen. <laughs> so well, who are you, you little twerp? I, I just tell you, that, that stuff rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And I want to get the flesh that quick. And I gotta be on my guard. Yeah. Right? And so I just gotta be careful. Amen. And uh, I'm not 17 no more. I'm 21, right? Strong as I used to be. So I got to make sure I don't get in over my head. Amen. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know what you do? Mercy rejoices against judgment. Yeah. 
You know, so I thought those people that used to wave one fifth of their hand, give me a California howdy and all that other kind of stuff, tell me I'm number one. I, I did this one day. I turned around. I go, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work too good. I went, hey, man. All of a sudden, I mean, steam con Man, that guy was mad. And I, and I was sitting in the back seat. And uh, I said, Lord, I sure don't want to have to get out and whoop this guy. And uh, he followed us, man. We make turns. He's following us. The guy's driving. Go, man, he's still following us. Cliff, you really take him off. <laughs> I said, Lord, I really don't want to get in a fight today. And he turned away. I said, thank you, Lord. And then one day, this guy flipped me off and uh, told me I was number one. And uh, so I did that. I waited till the light turned green. He's beeping the horn, and he's flipping me off. And I turned around, and I waved at him. And oh man, he got so mad he jumped out of his car and he got right upside the door and I, <laughs> I drove away. <laughs> I hope that stuff don't catch up with me, but <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey man, but listen, I'm just talking about how things can just I mean they could flare up so quick. Things can happen so fast. And you gotta be on your guard, you gotta be walking in the spirit, because I'm telling you, but you gotta have mercy. You gotta chalk it up. Them guys are fools, they're idiots. They're, they're just lost. They don't know any better. That's the only language they know. Everybody thinks that that's what they got to do. The whole society out there has now got the attitude, just, hey, bud, and up your nose, and, and uh, they don't care about nothing. Uh, we see the riots and things that are going on out there. It's all been indoctrination. It's a bunch of lost people that's got vented up hatred and, and uh, anxiety in their hearts, strife in their hearts. They, they don't know how to do nothing but just lash out and react. Amen. They've been taught that. And now they're trying to give them a pass. Listen, I think there comes a time when mercy ends. Yes. Amen. You kill somebody, and mercy's over at that point. I think you ought to die the way you killed somebody. That's me personally. If you want to cut somebody's throat with a knife, I think your throat ought to be cut. How are they going to die? I don't think it ought to be mercy. Mm -hmm. Amen. You want to burn somebody? I think somebody ought to throw gasoline on you and burn you. Let you burn to death. Just let you run out through the courtyard and burn to death. Dip in, talk. Listen, quit people. People quit killing that way, won't they? You want to run somebody over with a car? Well, let somebody run you over with a car. You want to throw somebody in a wood chipper? Guess what? There you go. Amen. Just hello. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. That's the law, right? I believe that. I believe if you want to hang somebody, you ought to be hung. They took a guy and drug him behind a car. I think they ought to be drugged behind the car. Hello. Amen. Listen, it might change the way they kill people. <laughs> it might it might change people's lives. I mean, doctors want to butcher up a little baby. I think that ought to be butchered up. Wouldn't that be good? Here's Dr. So-and-so who's been killing babies. Let's chop them up. Chop, 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 chop. Hello? You said, I can't believe he said it. Well, he's got no problem taking the most innocent thing there is, a little baby, and cutting it into pieces. Mm -hmm. They drill a hole in their head, suck their brains out. Okay, well, I think we ought to drill a hole in his head, suck his brains out. How's that? Wouldn't that be fun? I'd like to do that. Grab some doctor and grab my little uh, drill. I like that, Doc, huh? Yeah, amen. Amen. Hello? You say you're unmerciful. He was unmerciful to that baby. Millions of them are dead. And they're getting rich off of it. And living high on the hog in America, killing and butchering babies. I think the people that signed the law and the legislation ought to die with them. That includes our president. He don't believe, he's, he's all for infanticide. Some parents decided to, to sign away their baby to abortion, and they gave birth to that baby, and that baby was hurt through that botched abortion, and Barack Obama said, let it die. 
Know what I say? Let him die. You said you're unmerciful. I believe in showing mercy, but somebody would turn their back on a little baby like that. They don't deserve mercy. Amen. Now they all need God's mercy when it comes to spend eternity in hell. But I'm telling you, let's go put him in jail, sentence him to death two weeks later. We'll preach to him for two weeks and he can decide whether he wants to get born again or not. And then after the two weeks, we'll come out there and we'll take it to him. Amen. I got a, I got a way to solve ISIS's problem. Amen. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. I, I can fix ISIS. Amen. You come at us with swords, I'll come at you with chainsaws. Amen. Hello? I fix them. They want to burn people in cages? Amen. Burn them. Burn your back. We'll bring in flamethrowers. How's that? Yeah, I'd like to walk down the street where a bunch of them guys are at. Oh, you want to come at me with a sword? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Posty toasties. <laughs> Reload. Put another tank of gas on my back. Let's go. I guarantee you, I'll stop them people from burning people. Hello? You said, preacher, you're out of here. Listen, I thought you was a God of love. That's the problem. We're turning our back on all that junk. We got a bunch of legal system up there and a bunch of pansies, amen, and they don't take it to the people that need to be taken to. Romans chapter number 13, they're there to take people's lives and do wrong. Sticking pedophiles, they want to give them a, a social standing to where they can turn around and molest little kids and make it legal. I don't think we ought to give them an electric chair. We ought to give them electric pews. Line them up, one after another. Amen. Somebody want to go violate a little kid? And then turn around and we want to give him three squares a day and let him play basketball and get an education, become an attorney. Amen. Sit around and watch television all day after they done ruined and destroyed little children's lives. I ain't got no use for that stuff. Amen. How in the world can we tolerate that? Well, you're a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm saved, born again, and I hate iniquity. I hate the things that God hates, and God hates that. And they need to be judged. And then on Breitbart or some other... One of these news broadcast things, they got this church out there, the preachers got in their homosexuality. Amen. They deserve to die. Leviticus, and he quotes Leviticus. Amen. You know what the Bible says? They're worthy of death. They need to die. But you know what we're doing? We're giving them a category and statistic and giving them honor and gay marriage and everything else. And God said, kill them! No, we can't do that, though, can we? We can't honor God's law and do what God said to do. When people broke the law and they broke the Sabbath, you know what God said? Get the elders, get the rocks, kill them. Why? Picked up sticks on my day, kill them. Amen. Right? A kid cursed God. The kids brought the kid. The parents brought the kid before Moses. What do we do? God said, kill them. You know what the parents did? They honored God's law above their son. Boy, wouldn't it God we had more people like that that would honor God more than they did their children? I better get off all this. You guys are going, I'm losing it. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number four. <clears throat> Why do people get mad when we start talking about capital punishment? Why do people get uncomfortable when we start talking about it? The sinners don't mind committing those sins. Hello? <laughs> Boy, I, I wish we'd go back to public execution and have people hanging downtown. You know what they used to do? They used to hang them up and say, that's what happens to horse thieves. Look, get a good look. They take their kids down there. Look, you ever want to steal a horse when you're little? Huh? You, you want to grow up and steal horses? Okay, look at that. That's what's going to happen. You, you want to steal horses? You leave other people's horses alone. You understand that, son? Now go home. And they go by and they watch the birds. 
Let me give you something, okay? Let's, let's forget about where I just told you to go. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 66. He said, Preacher, you're too hard. Really? Isaiah 66. I'm a who? I'm a Christian. What's the first part of that name? Christ. You know what Christ is going to do? He's going to sit and rule and reign. He's God, right? You want to know what this God of love is going to do? I'll show you what this God of love is going to do. This God of mercy. Because one day mercy is running out. Isaiah 66, verse 22. As the new heavens and the new earth which I shall make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Stop in Israel. And it shall come to pass from one new moon to another. What's that? What's one new moon to another? That's a month, right? Four weeks, right? And from one Sabbath to another, that's another week, right? Five weeks. Isn't that what it says? Five weeks. Now look what it says. Shall who? All flesh come to what? Worship before me. So he must be sitting on the throne. And all flesh is going to come. Everybody's going to come before him and worship him. That's alive going into the millennium. Right? You with me? Watch this. And worship before me, say the Lord. Verse 24. And they shall go forth and look upon who? The carcasses of men that have transgressed against me, and their worms shall not die. Neither shall they fire be quenched, and they shall be in a whoring on all flesh. You know what he's going to do? He's going to march you by the lake of fire where carcasses, where people's burning, their worms burning in a lake of fire down there south of Jerusalem. And when they go up to worship God, they're going to take a tour. A field trip. God's going to give everybody that's going to come by him a field trip. And they're going by the lake of fire. And they're going to look at those bodies, the carcasses, where the worm dieth not. And he says, I want you to look at all the men that transgressed me. You know what he's doing? He's saying, you want to have a good life in the millennium? You want to live a good life in the millennium? You want to have peace and joy? Well, I'm going to show you what happens to people that transgress against me. Get a good look at them burning. He said, now, go enjoy the kingdom. They're going to march by him. They're going to march by him. And he's going to parade them right in front of hell. And he's going to show them, said, look what happens to people that transgress against me. And if you transgress against me, guess what's going to happen to you? Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Bind them hand and foot and cast them in the outer darkness. They'll be bound and cast into hell, fire, body, and soul. Alive into hell. And he's going to show it to them. Say, see it there? There it is, right there. And guess what? You want to transgress me? You're going to be bound, body, or hand and foot, and you're going to be cast into hell, body and soul. Alive in there. That's the merciful, gracious Lord God Almighty. He's going to go by and say, hey, look. And then there's kids going to be born in the millennium. And they're going to go up once a year and they're going to worship. And guess what? As we take our child that's up to 100 years old in the millennium, come on, let's go. Jimmy, Johnny, Joey, Sally, Bonnie, let's go. Come on. Look, see all that? See that men burning in there? He said, you transgress the Lord, that's where you're headed. Amen? Taking field trips. God's allowing them to take field trips to go view Lake of Fire. When he's sitting in the throne in Jerusalem, ruling, reigning. You know what? God is merciful, but there comes a day when mercy ends. And we're trying to do all we can. Calvary's doing all we can to keep people from going there. 
We're trying to keep people out of the lake of fire. We're trying to keep people from burning. But they're so full of hatred. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, they're shaking their fist at them. Amen. And they're crying out and they won't repent. They repented not of their thefts and fornications and blasphemies and murders and all that. They're blaspheming God. Knowing they're suffering pain and anguish. Going through all that. And they want to go there. Hebrews chapter 4. God's a God of mercy. God's a God of grace. But one day it runs out. Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. We, we may attain what? Mercy. mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You know what I need? I need mercy every day. And I go before the throne of grace. And I begin to pray for people that wrong me and hurt me and say, God, I'm sorry that I've done something and said something where these people have taken something maybe unjustly against me and I ask you to forgive them and have mercy upon them. Because you know what? I want mercy in my life. And I'm asking you to save them, wash them, open their eyes, help them to see. God, they're, they're doing things in the flesh. They're doing things uh, in the Adamic nature. They're lost. They need the divine nature. They need to be born again, God. So I ask God not only for mercy in my life, but that God would have mercy on them and beg God to save your souls. That's all I know to do. Would well, God have had more people crying out for mercy? Amen. I just thought of a verse. Let's go to Micah chapter number 7. Micah chapter number 7. Jonah, Micah. Got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and then Micah. Micah chapter number 7. Verse 18. Who is like unto a God? Who is, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? Yeah. He forgives. He'll wash me from my sin. He'll wash you from your sin. And passes by a transgression of the remnant of his heritage. Who's he talking about there? Doctrinally, he's talking about Israel. He's talking about the remnant. He's talking about the man child that's born in the book of Revelation, chapter number 12. He's talking about the remnant. He said, I'm going to have mercy on They rejected him. Israel's rejected him for years. Amen. One day they're going to get born again. Israel will get born again as a nation, a part of them, a remnant of them. He said, He pardoned iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever. Why? He delighted. <laughs> he wants to have mercy on Israel. That's why he's holding out. Amen. He wants to have mercy on America. He wants them to come to repentance. He delights in mercy. He wants that mercy. He doesn't want to judge him. Doesn't want to send him to hell. That's why he wants hellfire breathing preachers to preach on it. To warn the wicked other way. Because he doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't want to judge him. He delights in mercy. He wants to have mercy. Paul said, I've done anything worthy of death. I refuse not to die. Amen. God wants to have mercy. Amen. God delights in mercy. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 
Let's see what he says to the church. Ephesians chapter number two. <laughs> I love verse. Brother Frank Fagan, the guy that got saved at the church that I got saved at, right with God at Mississippi, used to sing a song, Mercy Rewrote My Life. Man, I love it. Mercy did rewrite my life. Hey Amen. What we singing this morning at Calvary? Years I spent abandoned in pride, knowing not was for me to die at Calvary. Mercy was great and grace was free. Amen. That's what it was all about. Mercy. Ephesians 2. And you, hath he quickened, who were dead in trespassing sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit and now worthy of the children of disobedience. You want to know what's wrong with Baltimore? I tell you what's wrong with Baltimore. Right now there's a group of people down there that's filled and possessed of the devil. And a bunch of devil-possessed people. They're filled with the, the, the prince of and darkness of this world. Look at what it says. The spirit that now working in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in time past, and the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, the end of others. Those are the devil's children down there. You said down there? Yeah, they're everywhere. In every city. I don't care if it's white or black or Chinese, amen, pink, purple, or blue. You know what? They're a child of the devil if they ain't saved. Amen. Amen. And you know what? They're all upset. They're all mad. They're doing what the devil wants them to do. What? Disobey. Children of wrath. They're pouring out their wrath. They're children of disobedience. What's he say in verse 1? And what? Who? You. That's what I used to be. A children of wrath and rebellion and disobedience. I was a disobedient child. I was a child of wrath. I was a rebel. I walked according to the course of this world. I did what they wanted me to do. I served the devil. Sung songs about him. Running with the devil and all that other kind of stuff. Van Halen sang. Listen, I was on the highway to hell and was partying and celebrating it. And I got saved. I listened. God opened my ears. People prayed for me. And when I heard the message, I ran to him, and I obtained mercy. Children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4, but God, ain't that a good thing? You look at Baltimore, and you see Baltimore, the way it's going on. You see other cities, the way it's going on. And they put down there under the caption, but God, come, who is rich in mercy. Hallelujah! For his great love, wherein he loved us. Man, what a verse. He's rich in mercy. He delights in mercy. He don't want to judge them and damn them, but because they don't want him, he forced his hand to judge them. One day, mercy's running out for those that are lost. Even when we were what? Dead in sins. Have quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. There you go. I'm saying my grace. Hallelujah. Amen. He came to me. He offered me pardon. He offered me mercy. He extended to me his hand of grace and gave me the gift of God. Raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. Through who? Christ Jesus. Praise God. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter number 15. 
I'm glad he delights in mercy. I'm glad he's rich in mercy. I'm glad his mercy was extended to me. I deserve to die. The greatest day in your life is when you take what? God side against yourself. God came to me and said, you know you're dirty, boy, don't you? You know you're wicked, don't you? You know you deserve to die. You know I deserve to squash you like a worm you are. <laughs> you're right, I do. You know I'm going to send you to hell if you don't return to me. Yes, I know, I know, I know. I said, all right. And I took his mercy. I came to him for mercy. And he was moved when he saw me repent and come to him. He was moved with compassion. Romans 15, verse 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of what? Do you understand that? He came to his own, his own street, not he was a Jew. He was a minister of the Jews. The Jews are the circumcision. They had the covenant of circumcision. Everybody else is not a Jew. They don't have the covenant of circumcision. Whether they get circumcised or not, that's not the issue. But the Gentiles were called the uncircumcision. Jesus Christ came to the Jews, Israel. Right? You got to understand that when you're dealing with Jesus Christ, who he was, he was a minister of the circumcision. He didn't go to the Gentiles. He didn't come to us. He only came to the nation of Israel. Minister of circumcision for the truth of God. To confirm the promises made unto the Father. That the Gentiles might glorify God for what? glorified God for his mercy. Amen. Just took an old hallelujah spouse and hallelujah Lord, thank you. Bless your holy name for not giving me what I deserve. Hallelujah. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again praise ye the Lord all ye Gentiles and Lord of all ye people. Why? And again, Isaiah, Isaiah, or Isaiah said, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall go rise to reign over the Gentiles. When does that happen? Amen. Amen. In him shall the Gentiles what? Trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing, in believing, that you may abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye are full of the goodness of uh, goodness and filled with knowledge, all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be a minister of Jesus Christ unto who? The Gentiles. Mm. Ministering the grace of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Amen. He had the power of God to go to the Gentiles. Jesus Christ came to the Jews, the circumcision. Paul went to the uncircumcision, and he said, Rejoice ye Gentiles for the mercy. Amen. That It was mercy that God came and offered me the plan of salvation. The Jews rejected him, and he turned around and he extended it to me when he set the Jew aside and said, You filthy, vile, wretched worm, you dog, you, you wretch that broke my commands and laws. You were filthy, born into sin. You deserve to burn in a lake of fire forever, but I'll extend my mercy to you through my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you'll receive him, I'll extend my grace and pardon and mercy and have mercy on you and save your soul. And I got saved and I've been shouting it out and blessing his holy name ever since that he would come my way and look at me. Who am I? 
but a dead, unworthy dog, a child of the devil. Had no hope. He should have passed by and kept walking. The promises weren't to me. The covenant wasn't made to me. I was without hope. I was without covenant. I was without God in this present evil world. But God came to me. Amen. The Bible said in Ephesians 2.13, I'm made nigh by the blood of Christ. I got through the blood. The blood's what made me whole. The blood's what washed me clean. The blood's what gave me life. The blood, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He shed it for my sins and God washed them away. Amen. Whom we have redemption. Amen. Through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins, Colossians 1.14. He made peace through the blood of his cross, Colossians 1.20. Much more now, being now justified, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Amen. Through his blood. Being justified by his blood. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Said, how'd you get in on this? Amen. Let's look at Luke. What's so special about you? You had the opportunity. You little goody two shoes? No, I'm not a little goody two shoes. I just a person that went to church one day to get his mom off his back. Had no idea that he was praying for me. Amen. And I wound up going to church, sitting there the whole time, thinking about how I could find me a southern girl with a joint so I can go get high with her. You understand? That's what I was looking for. I wanted a party. I whooped a guy one day because a guy told me if I'd whip him, I'd have an internal buzz. You know what I wanted to do? I thought it was a sin to go any part of your day without being high. And I wanted to be high 24 hours a day. I wanted to be high, buzzed, drunk, you name it, 24 hours a day. And I heard the only way to cure hangovers was to start drinking again. So I'd start drinking again. Hello. I wanted to stay stone drunk. I wanted to stay blown. I wanted my mind blown 24 hours a day. Amen. So I was going to sell drugs and do whatever I had to do so I could stay high. Hello. I'm just trying to tell you where I was at. And I was sitting in the church on a Sunday night, Calvary Bible Baptist Church, Petal, Mississippi, January 12, 1980. And I'm going, how can I get out of this place? Everybody's looking at me. Long hair, punk, hippie. Yeah, here I am. I'm a hippie. Sit back here, okay? Woo, you don't know who I am. I'm just a guy wanting to get high. And I wound up sitting there that night, and the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. The guy hung me out over hell. See, what'd you do? Verse 9. He spake this parable on the certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee, I'm not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I get tithes of all that I possess. The publican, standing far off, would not lift up so much his eyes as on the heaven. The smote his breath, saying, God, be merciful, miss. <laughs> Luke 18. Luke 18, 13. And he smote his breast. And he said, he wouldn't even look up toward the temple. He said, God, I'm mad. I'm fouled up. I just know one thing. I need just, if I, I need mercy. That'll work. Well, did you pray? Ask Jesus come in your heart. I believe he's dead, buried, resurrected. He cried out from his heart. Mm -hmm. From his heart, he said, God, I need your mercy. 
You know what? People need to come to God and they need, need his mercy and they need to receive Christ, the payment that he paid. He said, Lord, I, I deserve to go to hell. Lord, I need your mercy. And I take your son to be my payment. I'll trust what he did. Because I need, I'm in bad shape with you, God. You deserve to judge me and I don't want to be judged. I don't want to have to pay for my sin and I hear Christ paid for it. And I'll take his payment. That'll work. That'll work. Amen. I tell you, this man went down to his house now. Verse 14. Went down to his house justified. <laughs> Thank the Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter number 15. A woman's got a devil-possessed daughter. Amen. Jesus, verse 21, Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, and he answered her not a word. Listen, he wouldn't even show no mercy to her. She was a, she was a dog. She was a Gentile dog. She was in the land of Canaan. You know what Israel was supposed to do with Canaanites? They're supposed to kill them. What's this woman even doing lying? What's she even doing having a daughter? They're supposed to be dead, but somebody messed up in the Old Testament and didn't kill off the enemies. They let people dwell in the land they weren't supposed to in the book of Joshua and Judges. And so Jesus just passes right by because he's come to only the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And there's a Gentile barking at him. Have mercy on me. And you know what he says? Who? He, he, he doesn't even pay attention to her. He just walks right on by. She's asking for mercy and he's passing her up. He answered not a word, and his disciples came beside him, saying, Send her away, if she cried after us. And he answered, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And he answered and said, It's not me. It's not right for me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Amen. You, you, you wouldn't happen to know the name of a female dog, would you? He said, hey, get out of here. You think that offended her? You think that stopped her? <clears throat> Hello? And she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You know what he did? He wound up having compassion and mercy on her. Why? Because she wouldn't be denied. She wouldn't quit. She said, I know what I am. I know what I deserve. Amen. But I need something. My daughter needs something, and I need you to help me. If you just give me a crumb, you just, just let something that falls off the table that the children passed up and overlooked, would you just give me something? She knew she needed something from God, and I'm telling you, she went home and rejoiced. Luke 18. <laughs> this is the kind of soul winner we need to be. Amen. Luke 18. Verse 35. And it came to pass as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what that means. He heard him. He goes, What's, what's going on? What's going on? What's, what's all the commotion about? What's going on? He couldn't see. What's going on? 
He said, what's everybody, what's all this mean? And he told them that Jesus Nazareth passed by. And he cried saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know what? He had a need. And he heard who Jesus was. And he said, hey, look my way. Look my way. He cried out. He said, I got a need. I need you, Jesus. And they that went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. <laughs> shh, Caleb, shh. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. I mean, God, come on, man. You can't, you're in church. You can't get excited. You're sitting on a street corner. Don't bother the master. Shut up, blind Bartimaeus. We know you're blind. We know you're sitting in rags. We know this is the only job you got. You need a hand. You need a touch. You need God's touch, but he ain't going to come touch a dirty, rotten beggar like you. Shut up! So blind Bartimaeus took their advice, packed his bags, and went to fishing on No, it doesn't say that. Rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more. <laughs> Thou son of David, have mercy on me! Amen. You know what this guy had a need? And he heard Jesus comply that need. And he didn't care what anybody else said around him. He didn't care what the Pharisees said. All the other people said. All he knew is Jesus had the answer. And he was hungry for something. And he wanted Jesus. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. All those people telling him to shut up. He said, go, go fetch that guy. Hey Amen. Go get that dog. Fetch him. Let's play a little game of fetch. And he grabbed that guy. And they brought blind Bartimaeus up to him. in his filthy stench and rags. Sitting there on the side of the road. Dirty. Blind. Begging. You know what happened? And he said, Jesus looks at him and said, saying, What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, I'm receive thy sight, thy faith is saved. And immediately he, re he received his sight, followed, glorifying God and all the people. Amen. When they saw it, they gave praise unto God. <laughs> he wound up seeing it. Woo! see. That man, you guys tried to hinder me, but he had mercy on his old filthy rotten beggar, and the beggar can see. Hallelujah. Amen. And he was glorifying God. said, I can see. I can see. I can see. I can see. Well, that's what we need. We need sinners to do that, don't we? Yes. We need sinners to get under deep divine conviction where they have a need in their heart, where they begin to cry out to God for mercy, and he touches them. And when he touches them, they follow him rejoicing and glorifying God. How many people you see out there glorifying God today because he touched them? I, feel, I find people that come down and pray a little prayer out there living in the world, living in sin. Did he really touch them? They're really thankful he touched them? What are they doing about it? Who are they telling that he touched me? Somebody touched me. Amen. <laughs> I was blind to praise the Lord. Now I can see. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. There was a day in my life I had such a need. It was so overwhelming. Amen. I was blind and lost and didn't understand. But all I know is Jesus, the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ came by my life and he touched me. Amen. So what are you doing? I'm out trying to touch others. Tell him he'll touch you too. Reach out like that woman in Mark 5. She pressed through the crowd and reached out and touched Jesus. He responds to a touch of faith. He responds. He delights in mercy. He wants to have mercy. He wants people to call upon him. He wants them to see their bad position and see that he can improve their status and standing in life. So 
delights in mercy. He wants to have mercy. Luke 7, 16. Luke 16. Verse 23. And it came to pass. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham and afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have what? Mercy, mercy on me. Send Lazarus to me, dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I'm tormenting this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remembers thou in thy lifetime thou receivest good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. Now he's comforted, thou art tormented. Beside all this, Amen. Between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they would pass from hence cannot to you, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, Father, or therefore, Father, that thou would have sent into my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify to them that they, lest they also come uh, into this place of torment. Abraham said on him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went on to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said on them, if they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, but one rose from the dead. When he got to hell, he wanted mercy. But when Lazarus was laying at his gate full of sores, he showed no mercy. He was a rich man. And he would not have mercy on somebody else. And so when he got to hell, he said, remember in your lifetime, you wouldn't show no mercy, bud. Guess what? You get no mercy. And in hell, it's too late. In hell, people will pass up the mercy of God. It's too late. And then they begin to pray. Well, somebody send somebody to my father's house and save my brethren. He said, they ain't going to believe though somebody come from the dead. If a man resurrected from hell and he come running into every church in the country and every store in the country. And if a man raised up from hell, ran into the casino over there, they'd laugh him out of there. They said, put him in handcuffs, get him out of here. We don't want what he's got. He said, if they won't hear Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. If they won't believe what's preached in this book, they will not believe a resurrected man from the hell. Jonah rose from hell. And the Bible says greater is Jonah that's here, which is Jesus Christ. And you know what? Jonah and Jesus Christ were both raised from the dead. Jonah saw corruption. Christ saw no corruption. Both of them went to hell. One saw corruption and preached. And a whole city repented. These Jews wouldn't repent. And you know what? We're living in a society out there. We seem like Lot is one that mocked. They see Christians chasing the world just as hard and fast as the, as the world's chasing the world. They see Christians trying to get a hold of everything. We're trying to wine and dine the world on worldly things to try to get the world to come to us. Our children are turning worldly, thinking that's the means of evangelization to go out there. Well, we can come and just be as worldly as you if you just say the magic words, one, two, three, repeat after me, and you can go to heaven. It ain't going to work. Amen. Hello. But God wants to have mercy on them. In hell, it's too late to have mercy. You know what? There's coming a time when mercy is going to run out, and it's going to be all over. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good, so kind to us.